January 25th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13, and we'll continue on through chapter 17, verse 9. The crowd is confused about Jesus. Do not follow it. Instead, let the Father reveal the Savior to you, and confess Him before others. He is the Son of God. We'll read about discipleship. In his misguided attempt to keep Jesus from suffering and dying, Peter the stone became Peter the stumbling block. Confessing Christ might lead to following Christ. The world encourages you to pamper yourself, but the Lord calls you to deny yourself. The only way to live is to die to self and follow Christ by faith. Listen to the King This event was a picture of the coming kingdom and a proof that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of the living God. The law by Moses and the prophets Elijah all converge in Him. But the thing Peter remembered most was the emphasis on the unchanging Word of God. The memory of visions will fade, but the Word endures forever. So let's listen to the Word. As we read now in the New Testament. January 25th, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, through chapter 17, verse 9. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven, and whatever you open on earth will be opened in heaven. Then he sternly warned them not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem and he told them what would happen to him there. He would suffer at the hands of the leaders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and he would be raised on the third day. But Peter took him aside and corrected him. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, and not from God's. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit? if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? 
Is anything worth more than your soul? For I, the Son of Man, will come in the glory of my Father with his angels, and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see me, the Son of Man, coming in my kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance changed, so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothing became dazzling white. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, this is wonderful. If you want me to, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he said it, a bright cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with him. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked, they saw only Jesus with them. As they descended the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until I, the Son of Man, have been raised from the dead. And the Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's a summary, but notice what that verse, Romans 10, 9, did not say. It did not say, if you believe in your head that Jesus died and rose from the dead, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus like that and they're not Christians. It may sound like a bold statement but I know that because the devil himself believes that about Jesus. That Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. The devil believes that. He's not a Christian. And I fear that multitudes of attenders and members of churches today have only that level of belief in Jesus and they are not Christians. They believe in their heads Jesus died on the cross rose from the grave enough to pay him homage with somewhat regular church attendance but their lives look just like the rest of the world loving all the same things the world loves, living for all the same things the world lives for, that's not what it means to be a Christian, not according to Christ. Jesus said, Jesus said, Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, anybody, let him deny himself and take up his cross, die to himself daily and follow me. Jesus says, to follow me as Savior of your life is to follow me as Lord over your life, as the one who has all authority in your life. So to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, means that you submit your life to His Lordship. Your plans for your life are submitted to Him. Your possessions belong to Him. 
He is Lord over your time. He is Lord over your money. He determines how you spend your money, not you. He determines how you spend your time, not you. He is Lord over your relationships. He is Lord over who you date, who you marry, how you act in marriage, how you parent. He is Lord over your life at home. He is Lord over your life at work. He's Lord over your life at play, your recreation. He's Lord over your thoughts. He's Lord over your desires. He's Lord over your decisions and your conversations, your budget and your ambitions. Now these are things we don't talk about in consumer Christianity. No, we dilute what it means to follow Christ in order to draw as many people as possible into the church. We say practically become a Christian and you can keep your life as you know it when it's not true. When you become a Christian, you lose your life as you knew it. And you find entirely new life in Him. Psalm 21, verses 1 through 13. If Psalm 20 is a prayer before the battle, Psalm 21 is the praise after the victory. You know, too often we forget to praise God when He answers prayer and gives us what we requested. We'll read about God and the King. God gave David strength to win the battle and then gave him honor and majesty from the victory. Before the battle, David asked God to spare his life, and God gave him his request. God responded to David's faith by protecting him, and David responded to God's blessings by praising him. David rejoiced in God's strength and salvation, and in his presence with him. We'll read about God and the enemy. These were the enemies of God because they wanted to destroy his people Israel. David fought the Lord's battles, and the Lord gave victory. God kept his promise to Abraham. And we'll read about God and the nation. Now the whole congregation praises the Lord. Individual praise in private is important, but we should share the joy with others and let them praise God with us. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 21, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of David. How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord! He shouts with joy because of your victory. For you have given him his heart's desire. You have held back nothing that he requested. You welcomed him back with success and prosperity. You placed a crown of finest gold on his head. He asked you to preserve his life, and you have granted his request. The days of his life stretch on forever. Your victory brings him great honor, and you have clothed him with splendor and majesty. You have endowed him with eternal blessings. You have given him the joy of being in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. The unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong right hand will seize all those who hate you. You will destroy them as in a flaming furnace when you appear. The Lord will consume them in His anger. Fire will devour them. You will wipe their children from the face of the earth. 
they will never have descendants. Although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never succeed. They will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. We praise you, Lord, for all your glorious power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 6. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will learn to be discreet and will store up knowledge. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But the result is as bitter as poison, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave, for she does not care about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't even realize where it leads.